Asma Ghanem, aka Ashams Asma. I'm a multimedia artist, experimental musician, and author from Palestine. I was born and raised in Syria as a refugee. I have a BA from the International Academy of Art in Palestine in Ramallah and a master's degree in audiovisual arts from France. I grew up in a refugee family in Syria, but before that they used to live in Lebanon as well as refugees. We were moving as a family between Lebanon, Syria, Jordan and Palestine. I was born in Damascus in the countryside. We used to live in Khan al-Sheikh refugee camp, but we also lived a few years in Al-Yarmouk refugee camp. I started uh, making art at a, a very young age. It was more of a therapy for me, art therapy. I used to have a lot of uh, difficulty to understand what was going on around me in Palestine or even in Syria. The fact that I was born on the seventh month was of a war attack that my mom had to give birth. It comes with a lot of complex conditions that I had to go through and uh, a lot of disabilities. I was a normal child, but everything was coming very much late because of the situation. And uh, I remember I woke very late, later than most of my kids of my age. I started seeing colors also late. Talking was uh, late as well. But the funny thing is that my mind was ready. I was thinking crazy about the everything around me and I was reflecting on everything because I can't speak, I can't express myself. That was very sad for me because I knew I, I, I couldn't express it right. And the, the hardest part was the fact that kids in the neighborhood and in the refugee camp uh, used to call me disabled. So I, I was, for, for them, I was a disabled child. I have two sisters and three brothers. And even my siblings starts to believe that. My mother decided to find a solution for that. And I do remember my mom used to cry every day, every night, just to... It, it was a blessing for me to watch a Palestinian mother running out the whole um, house and, you know, taking care of six kids, different ages, and most of the time my father was not at home. So basically she was the mother and the father most, most of the time. She was sitting for hours trying to figure out how to solve this problem. And we should share experiences like that about Arab mothers and Palestinian mothers who, who've been through some crazy and very harsh situations, but they never give up on their kids. This, is, this was a very powerful experience for me. She didn't have many options and she didn't have the, the, the financial ability to take care of me or to have like a therapist or someone to take care of me. 
She said she thought about art is the only way that I could express myself. What she did is that she gathered all the kids in the neighbor, especially the close friends and my my siblings' friends who used to call me disabled. And so she gathered them and she told everybody that there is a fact that you didn't know about asthma. She said asthma is different that way because she's an artist. They started uh, calling me asthma the artist. So I end up from like being, being the disabled to the artist. And I grew up as an artist. I didn't know what that means, but all I knew is that I, artist is allowing me to be free to express my thoughts and my feelings and not to be called disabled anymore. Thank you.
interested about music because definitely music was something I can hear and reflect on at that time when I couldn't express and speak. Music was very important. I wanted to learn music definitely. I was I was amazed by Al-Qanun, for example, uh, the um, instrument and the piano and the accordion. But um, my family couldn't afford uh, these expenses and the fact that we were also a, a big family. So my parents couldn't uh, afford that. And the fact that we, we are moving the whole time, changing schools every three, four years, it was crazy, definitely, to make such, such a thing possible. Sound was very important for me. Hearing was very important for me. When I couldn't speak as other kids of my age, sound was a blessing for me. The fact that you have to listen, it's not even a choice. It makes you even more and more conscious of the sonic experience. During my teenage years, I started listening and discovering new music from all over the world. My brother Nader Ghanem, who's actually a poet, a translator, and an artist as well, he came back from China. He lives in China since he was 18. And when he came back to Palestine, uh, I don't know which year was that. I'm, I was about 15, 16 years old. So he brought all the, the amazing uh, music to listen to. I remember we used to listen to music from six to eight hours every day. There was two names that I just kept on listening to again and again. And it was Mos Def and Saul Williams. And by that time, I, was, I didn't understand any, anything they were saying. I was crazy about Nina Simone. When I saw um, um, Nina Simone performing, I felt that this is, this could be the hero. Like, this is my hero. Nina, Nina Simone would bring all her emotions to the stage and throw it at you. Is a very powerful thing. That's what I loved about Nina Simone. Nina Simone is, didn't apologize about what she's feeling. This is a different way of dealing with the audience, is that you no longer think about making art for the audience to serve a certain thing or a certain kind of entertainment or joy for the audience. Sometimes it's not about the joy. When I started studying BA at the International Academy of Art in Ramallah, uh, I started more with the visual arts. In 2012, I was working on a video art. I already, I can imagine what I want for the visual piece. So I took the recorder from, from the academy and I started making field recordings. 
sometimes I started following people, taking, you know, uh, people talking, and I'm just recording, trying to sneak and and listen to what people are saying and stuff. Sometimes it was too political. Sometimes it's too personal. And uh, or you know the movement of the cars, people shouting, ads passing by, birds, whatever. I was recording everything, and I started just playing with it as layers, playing it together, and see how the rhythm would go. After that, I started. Buying children toys that you know makes some noises and stuff, uh, like little cars that makes noises or soldiers that you know they just been shooting and stuff. So I I got uh, different um, children instruments and uh, toys and use the noise in them. But usually I used to build a concept for that too. So, for example, one of my samples is called What is Philistine? It was about a, a Hollywood movie that I, I was watching with my mom. I didn't have the access. I just got the recorder. I started recording. It was interesting for me that this person is talking about Philistine. And basically... In the movie, the Hollywood movie, you have the the father, a white father, and you know the kid, his his son, are talking to each other, and the father is mentioning the word Philistine. So the kid is responding to him that it's like, what is Philistine? And the father responds with, the Philistine is the person basically who has no interest in culture, in movies and books uh, a person who would sit all day on his her ass and just do nothing in the English dictionary you can find that Philistine is basically that kind of person which you can understand that colonialism is even built in language this is how they controlled um, everything they wanted becomes part of their history, their uh, the language, everything. If you search on white painters who came before the 1948, who came to Palestine and start drawing the, the landscape and the lifestyle in Palestine, you would feel like, oh, Palestine is totally empty. And this is how they built the whole idea of, and the, the whole, uh, to get the access to build what's called Israel, is that, oh, we got all the documents that there was nothing there in that area that it's called Philistine. And if there is, there is that person, that human, basically, who we called in our language Philistine, does nothing in life, has no interest in anything, basically just like an animal. I was angry at that time about how this, how dangerous uh, uh, Hollywood um, represent Arabs and Palestinians. Uh, even English, even language can be built in a very racist and colonial way, and I used that in the, the sound piece, and I tried to get all the noise and anger um, in it. I wanted 
the noise to eat the whole field recording that I got from the movie. Uh, I want the noise to get over it. Or interesting films and things. Your mother's brother Ned is also a Philistine. Then I'm Philistine. No, you're interested in books and things. You like the Wild Child when we saw it. Lots of people like that movie. No, I'm Philistine.
Sunra is is something on a different level of breaking the rules, breaking the stereotypes, being free. And this is for me freedom is by doing art with no limits, even of your own race, of your own people. It's about criticizing, it's about questioning our roots, our identity. I have to mention as well Halim al-Dabah, who's one of the earliest Arab uh, experimental musicians from Egypt. I think it's very interesting to find a, an example of an artist who was doing that uh, in the 40s, not being mentioned in, in the musicologies that have been documented. John Cage, you would go study John Cage. I love John Cage. But I'm, I'm wondering about experimental music in Asia, Africa, the Arab world, and what they called us the third world has developed because I'm sure by that time there was someone who's interested about uh, playing and experimenting um, with music and art. I started making music in my own room using the field recordings I, I used to uh, record in the streets or around the city in Ramallah. And uh, I used to make the whole room full of instruments and sound speakers around the, the recorder and just do my, my same process. And in 2016, I finished my master's in France and I went right the way to Palestine, which I found very much inspiring, much more inspiring than France. So I went back to Palestine and I started working on my music again and I built my own notational uh, score system by using uh, lines, geometric shapes, colors, numbers, uh, keywords, just a few words in Arabic or English just to get an idea. But usually I, I, I built that whole uh, drawing system uh, for my uh, sound pieces. And I performed, the first time I performed in the old city of Ramallah for the Yaya, which is the Young Artist Award in 2016. Um, it was the first time I, um, I showed my, uh, I shared my notational uh, score system to, with the audience and had um, a whole performance built on it. The project is called Homeland Is. It was a seven uh, performances for a week in the old city, in the backyard of an old house. So it was very much open to the public to come and listen or if they are passing by. Uh, and that also allows this, this sounds industry uh, and everything that was the movement the, the daily movement that was part of the the, the performance and the the piece the 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 project of homeland is was an actual 
artwork of questioning the definition and the idea of the homeland. Especially after the Oslo Agreement in 1993, how everything political gets down. Everything gets down, but you still live under occupation. They signed that peace, fake peace agreement between all the parties and uh, uh, between Israel and, and Palestine. I don't know. And they didn't do shit about it. And at some point, everything on the ground that was happening and the whole political, the whole poli political movement in, on the ground got shut down. And this, this was what was happening, but at the same time, you still live under the occupation, you still live in an open-air prison. This is how it feels in Palestine. Um, and the whole idea of the project is to, uh, to question that definition of what is homeland if we are not, we don't feel free in, in our own home, in our ho own homeland. The, the sounds were all mixed up, so I played, uh, I played the melodi melodica, Alive, and then I had a bombing sounds. I had a war sounds, all mixed up, and uh, explosions and stuff. Then you can hear uh, some some commercial Hebrew coming from a radio, and it just turns off. So the whole scene is what could be happening in Palestine after Oslo Agreement is a whole complex situation that maybe my art piece is trying to represent. So it's a lot of things and a lot of sources and a lot of complex uh, different sounds that, that are basically they're not leading to any information to understand because we are confused about the situation. It's more about the confusion. It's more about being honest and the fact that we are in a, we are all in prison um, for the idea of homeland and it goes bo both ways because even Israelis built their own state based on that definition. The obsession of the idea of the homeland made them create that um, state of Israel and they are fighting for it but we are fighting for our original homeland and then it becomes the whole, the definition for me becomes too much to deal with sometimes because it goes two, two ways and uh, in a two different uh, stories and histories for me my music is about not about giving statements, not about saying what, telling the audience what to feel and uh, what to hear exactly. I, I am interested about what can they think about when they listen to my music more than 
the fact that they would like it or not, is it good or not. I don't think I make good music or bad music. I'm not interested about that anyway. I'm interested about giving an experience to the audience, to the listeners, to think about something, to think about a concept, a certain concept that I'm trying to bring uh, in each uh, art uh, music piece.
Experimental music is the best thing to do in Palestine and to represent Palestine because Palestine is like experimental music, making experimental music piece. It is. And the whole process reminds me of Palestine. It has no structure. It's very complex. Uh, you're not certain about the results, where the sounds are going. You don't have an exact rhythm. You may get it sometimes or in some parts, but you won't be sure. So it's uh, uncertain. It's definitely magical for me, just like Palestine. Very complex, uh, very informative, and there is always different ways of underst understanding it. In 2017, I did a, another performance at the uh, Khalil Sakakini Cultural Center uh, when Israel, uh, Israelis arrested a 12 years old kid uh, from Jerusalem. Uh, his name is Ahmed Manasra, who got investigated and at the end they decided that he should stay in jail for uh, 12, 12 years, even more, I don't remember, I think 12 or 15 years. And they, for the first time, they uh, published an investigation uh, online, actually, and how they were screaming at him and uh, violating him verbally. And just at the end, you see that he started questioning himself and doubting his own memory that, oh, maybe I did whatever they are accusing me that I, of, of the fact that I did this or not. So the, the whole performance was called a listening session to Ahmed Manasra, where it was in the total dark and uh, the audience got in the, the venue where I, I let them in the room and close the door from the inside. They can't leave. If the performance didn't finish, they won't be able to leave. And the whole uh, performance was listening to the whole investigation. Then I, I did the performance of the actual uh, music. And the music was based on the idea of silence. And the fact that the music has no information at all. It's just some rhythmic music, slow. It was tough for the audience, of course. Not a lot of people entered because a lot of people came to the event and they changed their minds when they felt that they're going to be locked down and uh, tell the, the performance is over. Uh, but that was the idea for me is about locking down a child in jail. I was harsh and tough on letting the audience going through an experience like that. But I wanted also to reflect the experience of more than a thousand Palestinian kids who are now 
being in jail and most of them are getting 10 to 15 or even 17 years in jail and for me art is about reflections if the reflection is telling you a story about something ugly and something bad and criticizing a society or a whole system then I should criticize it that way the right way
I was reading and amazed by the, the writings of Angela Davis, who still in her writing, she's still mentioning Palestine as a very important place to look out to and to think about the unity between people of color and what can they, can they uh, bring out together because unity brings even more powerful impact and uh, sh she mentioned uh, especially the African-American Palestinian kind of unity would be one of the powerful most powerful movements she, she would see uh, happening if we ever collect connect that way um, and this is exactly what I felt on a personal level I'm trying to do is that unity I was very much hungry for for unity to other uh, people of of struggle who got another struggle than mine other communities that I can relate to there was a hunger that I needed to work on and question myself about and especially that African Americans in Chicago made me feel that I'm one of them. What I think about the fact that Valerie was 
Nixon was the president of the U.S. The whole apparatus of the state was set up against me. Uh, they had all their resources, and the FBI, the police, and they really meant to send me to the death chamber in order to make a point. It really didn't matter who I was. It was that I was a very uh, convenient figure to make a point that they would suppress any efforts at revolution and liberation.